Listen to Heron. Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my salmon extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we enter the studio for episode 145. Welcome back, yeah, everybody. Welcome back. We see you, LA crowd. Everybody showing up on the analytics. California <laughs> popping up to the top. That's what I'm saying, y'all. I appreciate all of you guys, old and new. Everyone who's joining us to listen to me rant for a little bit. Welcome, welcome. So, yeah, man, you've been uh, catching anything interesting this week? Um... Yeah, I finished up uh, 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 Jupiter's Legacy. Okay, I started Jupiter's yeah. Legacy. Yeah. So I, we um, can do a little prelim. I definitely, I got first three episodes in. Okay, that's not um, bad. I like it. I would say it definitely has some some flaws in it, but I will definitely give it till the end before I make any final judgments. I feel like some of the flashback scenes are a little bit drawn out. Man. Good Man. Are they though? Bruh. Is that just me or is that? Hell nah, bro. Okay. Like I, I got up out my bed, got up to the screen. I was like, and I'm done with this. And I clicked five minutes ahead. I'm like, I'm done with this entire thing, dude. Like, it's because, audible. but it's it, it's because like we already know that they're okay. That's the thing because you're giving <laughs> us the future where you yeah. see that they're fine. So everything that you're doing is just like you're just like padding for time so they're building up suspense like you're we're gonna see something dramatic like we're gonna lose someone but it's only backstory yeah because we know all these characters survive so it's like why is your your backstory so dramatic and drawn (laughs) out but goodness whenever they come back to the present it is very entertaining i love the current like the present day storyline um i'm assuming that the flashbacks are gonna pay out we're getting a little bit of it they definitely do but um i yeah i'm not gonna front man I'm I and see this is how I know I'm not really progressive. I'm only progressive in America because I'm really fucking with Utopian hard. I feel <laughs> I, I understand him. He is definitely too dogmatic. Absolutely. I will definitely say he is too dogmatic. But it's not like he's dogmatic on shit that doesn't matter because a lot of the shit that he's dogmatic about matters. He's a terrible father. Terrible father. Definitely. His daughter is crying out to him in distress. And this man has no ability to sympathize with nope. her. No. Nope. Whatsoever. That's the part nope. that's like, oh, so that, that's it, where you he's, he's very much like a Jamaican parent in that way, oh. in that they can oh. only, they only know one way. You know what I mean? They only know one way, which is like, you well, you know better. You should be doing better. I've taught you better, so it you kills, should be doing better. Absolutely. And 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 that's exactly a very apt description of them. And I can't understand why it's so hard for some people to see someone in emotional distress. And not be able to 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 give them some validation for their emotion, like to see someone in distress and immediately get to the stone wall without yeah. ever like building up to that, because it seems like it's been like that for a long time. And he has it because and you see him, you see it reflected in his other relationships. So, you know, it's not just her. It's not just like, <laughs> oh, you know, we're missing something from this relationship. Nah, B, that's him. This dude is just. So there's a lot of really great parenting dynamics going on. And when I say great, I mean they're interesting to watch. <laughs> it's it's it, and ah, once again, really great superhero storylines that don't just revolve around fighting because there's a, yeah. been a little bit of that. Like yeah, the Timo fight like when they fought Black Star was cool. Yeah, that was, but that's that was one part of one episode, and yeah. they haven't really. 
They you usually know, have like one or two big fights a, 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 an episode, and then it's just like it's all world building. Yeah, it's a lot of drama. Um, yeah, but Hutch yo, is pretty amazing. Like, um, for somebody with no powers, bro, my man's smart, this? son. I hope that he could, they go into how he got the the teleport rod because that shit is sick. Not in this um season. Oh, okay. Because I I haven't read too much of the um of the Jupiter's uh Jupiter's Legacy comic. I've only read uh the first couple of issues. Which were very interesting. They 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 weren't as entertaining as Invincible for sure. Because Invincible <laughs> was like I started that shit and it was like, yeah, I read all those companions quite <laughs> fast. But um, yeah, man, Jupiter uh Jupiter's legacy is a is been very entertaining so far. Uh, so you finished it. What do you give it overall? Um, mm, I don't know, man. I'd probably give it like a six and a half, seven. Okay. Like, yeah, that's where I'm leaning towards already with it. So it seems like it'll be consistently that, which is yeah. fine by me. That's not a bad show. It, yeah, it had a lot of good points, but it had some demerits that really took me hard out of the story. And like, yeah. I, I don't really want to touch on too much because I don't want to. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about it. Yeah, probably. yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like the ending was definitely like, like good and bad for me. Mm. Absolutely. The ending. Okay, so in hopes that they go for a season two, then because it seems like there's going to be a, there's a lot more development to be had. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're following the the storyline, and they've barely scratched the surface of that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that that was that's been entertaining. Um, did you catch anything else? I don't think so. Oh, I've just yeah, no, I've just been um playing on uh continuing to play Yakuza because that's been just so much fun man it's a, like that's a great game that game is is um <laughs> one of my favorite things to do in that game is slapping people with wads of cash yeah it is my <laughs> stack is a... slap is my absolute favorite move in that game like have you gotten to the, the final form yeah yeah ultimate stack slap is that what you mean and the, oh, no, and no, the no, laser and shit? one more upgrade oh that's completely unrelated to stack slap, but it's it's technically the same line of skills oh okay now nah, i was i only got the 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 stack slap and the all the three versions of those and the satellite beam the satellite beam that's the final one yeah oh yeah yeah i Orbital got the laser that's i completed stupid. the entire um like i'm rolling in dose and so it's it's like and that was a really easy way to farm too. Like it was yeah. I, I, the mini game that the inclusion of that mini game was really helpful. And then it powered up one of your characters, which also then helped you if you were if any of your characters were lagging in the um to get through the story. Yeah, that show was fun, man. I like you got through the main story once. Then I assume no, nah, no, nah, I'm I'm only on chapter like eleven, I think chapter eleven. Okay, 12. so you got all the characters, yo. Yeah, I'm in the battle arena are, right now. Yeah, the, the one uh, body double dude, he's nasty. Yeah, Hanjungi. Yeah, yeah, he's him and dope. then um and and the the Chinese mafia dude, Cho. Cho. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the characters are, are that's what I really really like about this game. I didn't think I would like like such. They're such average people. I really liked. Well, I mean. Uh, Han Jungi isn't really an average person, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but everybody else is just like you know like a a, a hostess's twin, like a, a washed yeah. up detective, a homeless guy who used to be a nurse. It's like I really like the, how they ground their characters, but still find a way to make them so relatable and so mm-hmm. endearing. Like man, everybody's so cool, man. I'm really enjoying the game. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, that one I I couldn't speak highly enough of it. That's why I mean I'm sure people are like, why is he still talking about this game? Because I kept mentioning it right. for several episodes, and I, I was like, yo, the game so is good. really good. And the writing for the side quests, man, like, yeah, man, it's like whoever wrote this game is like the writers on this game did such a good job because there's so many like amazing little stories all around the city, like helping the little girl with donations for her brother, 
I think it's or because like, it's such a collaborative effort yeah, that they have be, the, the the writers have great ideas, but they're also drawing on inspiration from everyone else in the team. Mm-hmm. So it it really gets the the so that synergy. You know that that team bonus, man. The mm-hmm. team bonus is very high on that team. It's but uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, and and that's what like managers are supposed to do. But unfortunately, we've gotten away from that culture <laughs> where they actually provide any kind of efficiency to the production. But yeah fucking yakuza was a great you know what i watched that i've been waiting to watch for a while just because it was one of those things that i had to see for myself if they really spoiled the whole movie in the trailer (laughs) and so um i watched gemini man okay which that one like they literally like they gave the whole movie in the trailer and so i was like all right let me see what the twist is and there's a minor twist but they really did give the whole movie in the trailer i mean but that movie wasn't all that deep though you know no, it it wasn't deep at all, but you know what? It was still actually a really good movie. Yeah. It was a fun watch. Carolina enjoyed it as well. So it's a good watch with the with with the with another person. You know, for what it's worth, they managed to take that that storyline that was able to be summed up in two minutes and create a whole endearing character arc around it that kind that at the end I actually cared about. I cared about the end, even though really all it was was what was seen in the trailer. Do not get me wrong. This entire movie was summed up in the trailer. Don't expect anything more. But I mean, it's one an thing you do, movie, you know, what I mean, that's what they're supposed to be. They're that's supposed the beautiful to be, part is that the action. You know I mean? It was what sold me actually in the end wasn't just the good action. It was great action. Don't get me wrong, but the story actually that they built under it, under that 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 overarching um, development, was really good. In the end, because there was the whole he and he has a somebody who had dedicated his life to be an assassin, um, which is of course delineated in the in the trailer, so it's not spoilerish. You know, I mean the movie's like do. two three years old. You don't need to give spoiler alerts for Gemini. I know. Man. I feel bad though. You, you know just, what I mean? It's all yeah. good. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely a statute of limitations he, he, on spoilers. He hasn't, you know, had any kids or developed a lot of relationships. And so through actually, you know, stopping his clone assassin and then creating a relationship with him, he gets he he creates like a paternal relationship with him that that was actually that turned out to be very endearing in the end. You know what I mean? And and it it's purely on the strength of how good of an actor Will Smith is. <laughs> it it really is. Like, and that's one thing that I I, I didn't feel bad going into this movie because I was like at very least, I know Will Smith is going to give me a, a, a performance. You know what I mean? And boy, did he deliver! Eight he fucking smashed that movie. Dope. He really did. And it was it was kind of weird because after so long, I've come to realize like I've really watched a lot of Will Smith, like Definitely. his facial uh, motions and everything, which kind of made a really weird uncanny uncanny valley. Oh yeah, watching that shit weird as fuck. The, uh, so the down aging of his face. So oh boy, it 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 was well done, but boy, you know, was I was like, mm, this is weird. Mm-hmm. This is real weird. Um, but it was not to say it wasn't well done. It was just it was a function of how familiar I am with Will Smith's face. So any alteration of it away from that, especially in the presence of him being normally, you know, uh, 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 like the side by side comparison. In it, it's yeah. Whew. It was very, very, very uh, um, jaunting, to say the least. But, yeah, overall, 
man, the the action was really good. A lot of great fight scenes. Um, the female lead, they gave her a lot of really good fight scenes too. I thought that was cool. She was pretty badass. She came yeah, through I don't even because she was. Her. She was. Uh, did you watch the movie? Yeah, I've seen okay. it, but it was a while back. Yeah, she 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 held her own. You know what I mean in the beginning, and she was uh, she was caught in some hand to hand fights. She was caught in some some firefights. I was like, all right, girl, do your thing. But yeah, Gemini Man, I definitely give it a solid six and a half, seven as well. Like it was a, a slightly above average movie, slightly above average for sure. Most yeah, of that is fun. carried on the back of Will Smith's amazing performance in both of the roles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though I kind of like whoever they got to play the person who was the body double that they were putting his face over, you could tell the the the, the facial techn- um, recreation technology that they used. It uses some of the person's natural features to make the uh, to make the image, and yeah, that person. It, it was it was it's an interesting thing. Um, I think that there's a lot to to be done with that, but I think that it's got to make some more uh, progress before you can put the person next to the image. You know what I mean? Like when you you're yeah. running the person next to the image, you got to do real good on the recreation. <laughs> No, nah, the technology was pretty young back then, but it, it's getting better. Like, it's being used more It's and really more good. Now. Not to say it's not really good. It, I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, but you explained it. Like, we, I mean, I, I get what you were saying. But it, that that technology has been gotten a lot better. Like, prior to um, Marvel, no one was really doing that. You know what I mean? Man, what they did with but, Thanos' face. Like, that technology, I think, is actually. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanos. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just the ability to make faces more realistic, man, that technology has come so far. Time. Yeah, for sure. Because it's so much movement. Yeah. When you're talking about someone's face when they're speaking, gosh, there's all the muscles. But all yeah. the micro, micro pores and all that shit, how the light hits the, and also it's like how light refre- reflects from underneath the skin onto the surface and shit like that. It's mm-hmm, a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. Speaking of, of, of uh, CG creations, uh, I want to give a R.I.P. to Kentaro uh, Miura. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Miura. He's the creation creator of Berserk. Um, he recently passed away. Very young. A fi- he was fifty-four. Was it cancer? I'm not sure. I didn't look that up. Actually, um, I'm, don't quote me. I didn't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But he passed away, and it was. Yeah, I can imagine, man. That guy was very, very overworked, and I don't. I mean. I believe that they, you could objectively say he was overworked because he was the main creator on 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 all the uh, Berserk, Berserk manga, right? And Berserk was it, it is Berserk. I believe was a monthly, so monthlies are usually like forty something pages, or like <laughs> not forty something, but like thirty eight pages long. <clears throat> That's a lot of drawing. Yeah, and his drawings are ridiculously detailed. Like yeah, like dude. he has a lot of really really like intense drawings. Yeah, so I brought him up uh, in reference to to CG art because they're bringing the next iteration of Berserk that that they're going to attempt to create is going to be a CG live action uh, version of Berserk. And now now going back to how detailed his artwork is to try to recreate that style in CG. Yeah, are they doing like the (sighs) whole thing? Are they doing it like live action with just the monsters in CG? I don't know. Maybe they're just going to do the Golden Age arc. Because you can do most of the Golden Age arc in CG and be fine with it. Because yeah. it's I a mean, lot of like... Yeah, if the whole thing is going to be like war. computer rendered, I don't know if I'm with that. But if it's going to be like a live action movie that's supported by CG, I'm with that. Because the the, mm. the recent live action movies have been amazing. Like I've rewatched the um 
the Bleach movie, the Bleach live action movie, like two or three times because it is actually pretty entertaining. Like, and especially the fights are done really, really well, and it, it like it really, really complements how they've done that. I haven't actually seen that. I gotta watch that. That one's good, and I also like. There's there's also a new Kenshin movie that's coming out Ooh, soon. It's I love the, the whole Kenshin. It's line. the final one in the in the live action series that they've had, and those Kenshin movies are amazing. Is, is that number four? I think so. Okay. Let me see. I, I know I've seen three of them. Yeah, there's um. Kenshin movie, but yeah, that's a that that I, I believe we've talked about that on the yeah on yeah the, yeah we've on mentioned a couple of a couple but of times. Gosh, man, great yeah, character released the on June fourth, twenty twenty one. The new Kenshin movie, the beginning. Oh, okay. Are they starting another? Another year? Are they doing Samurai no, no, X? Oh my bad. The final chapter, part one. That's probably why they be by the beginning. The final okay. chapter. So I guess it's a part one of two for the ultimate conclusion, man. Yo, their fights are crazy. That the actor who plays Kenshin is is amazing. Like the way he does that crazy, like running on the ground style, and yeah. like, like man, he he's really good. He's good. So, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I don't know if anyone asks for live action CG Berserk. I don't Ooh, know. Fuck what they ask for. If you do it well enough, and then they'll accept it. You true, know what I mean? True indeed. True indeed. But. It, that's a very high bar set, and hopefully they do them right, man. Um, yeah, like if it's like straight CG, then I, I don't know if I don't know if I trust that, right? But if it's yeah, if it's live action, but with just CG support, that that should be amazing. Yeah. Um. Speaking of of re releases and things of that nature, uh, Zack Snyder uh has uh put out there that there is a director's cut to Sucker Punch, which. Given how drastically they've changed his productions after he's submitted them to them, I don't know if they did the same thing with Sucker Punch, but I'd be willing to give that director's cut a, a chance because Sucker Punch could have been a better movie. <laughs> and honestly, I would like to see what Zack Snyder wanted to put forth because even though he said some like wild outlandish shit in the past, and you, and I'm a bit dubious of some of his creative um, uh, inspiration. He's he's come through. He's produced. He definitely knows what he's doing. So yeah. I would be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to check out his director's cut of Sucker Punch. I think that and and, and I was I know I, I said and I, I said prior to this, like, man, I really hope that if this is a trend that we get to see more of these director's cuts. So I guess it's time for me to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> I hope this one actually doesn't make me regret having requested seeing more of these come out. If they actually put it out, because that's got to be released by the studio, correct? Yeah, the studio's got to green light that and give the a okay. Yeah, and I, but I think that one, was that one put out by a smaller studio. I think that one that I think might that be one's easier. still Warner Brothers. Oh, it's Warner Brothers as well. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't get caught up in whatever shenanigans is happening over there. But yeah, I'm re- I'm I'm ready for another director's cut. See where they're taking stuff. Zack Snyder has been relatively good with that thus far. Um, man, another entertainment news. So ends an era, man. Mm-hmm. So I was looking into Jay, uh, you know, just kind of some of the fallout, what's been going on with Joe Budden and, uh, yikes. <laughs> so evidently, uh, one of his prior podcasts that I think I was, I spoke about this as well. Um, see, the thing is which was one of his female-led podcasts, uh, had one of the hosts leave. Her name was Olivia Dope. And, you know, everyone 
kind of said, you know, the parting was amicable. It's all good. She felt she was growing in a different direction, blah, blah, blah. You know, they kind of made it seem like it was out of nowhere, but it is what it is. And we still love and respect her and wish her the best on all our endeavors. Company line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Olivia never put out anything, so I assumed, okay, cool. That must have it must have been just something amicable. <laughs> like she she, you know, <clears throat> this is some you know, podcasting isn't for everyone. And and the pressure of coming in here and having something to say all the time is is a little is a pressure on 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 a lot of people. I've realized that's why people appreciate what we do, is because not everyone has the 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 compunction to do so. So I I, I let it go. So now all of this is happening, Rory and Maul, things are, you know, all the shoes are falling, as they say. <laughs> Here comes Olivia with, with, with a, a statement about her leaving of the podcast. And boy, it felt very melodramatic. But from what she described, it was absolutely a case of sexual harassment in the workplace. No matter what the intentions of the person who were putting forth those actions were, it was sexual harassment. And even in jest, at some point in a workplace, especially one that espouses women empowerment like that one does, someone got Someone has to step up, and 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 regardless to whether the person is vocalizing, because part of being a victim is also the the patterns of victimhood and so when somebody is being harassed in that manner by somebody who is in authority that's just inherently a bad work environment nobody needs to ask if anyone is okay nobody needs to it's all of it is said in the actions that were taken so she put forth her statement and then pretty much all of the retorts from her former co-hosts and from Joe are, oops, sorry. <laughs> that's not my bad. That's not the way to go. That's and a no while go, I, it's good to say I'm sorry, my bad, and acknowledge that you did something wrong, there was no accountability to those women for the way that, that they just, the way that they obfuscated their duty as the three co-hosts to, to have each other's back. And moreover, you know, the one co-host, Mandy, who actually, in my opinion, did... She she, she is the one who who pulled the plug and called the, for the episodes to, uh, to get edited with all of the, the bad shit that Joe was, was saying on there. But the way that she did it didn't seem like it was in hopes of of protecting Olivia and, 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 and backing her up. It was more so Joe... Are you fucking crazy? You're going to get us all canceled. Cut that shit out. And that is why I believe that Olivia left. Isn't because just Joe stepped out of line, but because she knew that she wasn't supported in that workplace and that a lot of the shit that's said on that in that workplace is just talk. Purely talk. No one's putting 10 toes to the ground in the ways that they say they are. They're definitely out there making money. But they're not putting ten toes to the ground for the for the uh, values that they're talking about. Just like Joe wasn't, which makes perfect sense to me. I mean, of course, you surround yourself with people who are like minded. So I'm not. That doesn't surprise me. I'm just disappointed because, as I said, a, a lot of the relationships between podcasters and their audience 
are created off of a air of authenticity that even if it's not real, you have to maintain as the podcaster. It becomes your brand. It's part of your brand. And so if you're just going to obfuscate that and then not take accountability for it, you've, in my opinion, you've lost that authenticity. So I'm personally not interested. And so I was hoping to, you know, I was like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to hear Joe out because Joe is a huge inspiration for me. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like, you know, you know, how people feel when, you know, they, they, they see their idols fall. There's no shortage of examples of that. I don't have to make any analogies. <laughs> um, so I wanted to hear him out. And boy, even in in his apology, he ended up turning it into a joke throughout the course of the episode. His whole thing was, I failed you. I'm sorry. And then throughout the course of the episode, whenever he would make a mistake, I failed you. I'm sorry. It's like, see, my nigga, if it's a joke to you, it's a joke to you. But don't expect me to think you're taking it seriously. Like, you fucking sexually harassed a woman at the workplace and you're attempting to be a mogul, nigga. What kind of, like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. To me, it just, it showed a lack of, as I said, personal growth that I really thought Joe had gotten a rap on over the course of all of the things that he had gone through. So I wish him the best and more power to him. And I'm sure that at some point I'm going to come across some media that he produces that that I like, but yeah, I really do think I'm off the pod. Like I'm not, I'm not interested in, in, in flagellating his ego and giving him views and listening to him to have him, to empower him to go and be his worst self around people. Like, I'm just not interested in doing that. You know what I mean? I would never, you know, and, and, and this is the beautiful part is that I'm on here saying this and I know like, I'm never going to, you know, you're never going to catch me on some weirdo shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you got to know how to behave yourself as a grown adult in this world. You know, you're never going to, you're never going to catch me out there just rubbing my crotch on people un- uncomfortably. You know what I mean? Or telling my coworkers I want to fuck them. You know what I mean? Or at least not at work. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the part I don't get. Like, if he it's is cool genuinely in interested in, in her, and I'm, and not to say that I'm interested in fucking any coworkers, I'm just saying, like, if he was interested in in uh olivia dope as a woman and and the work relationship was just part of their you know circumstance i get you my g but coming on air and saying those things is way out of line way out of line you know what i mean and if and if your intention was that you thought that in some way you were encouraging her and empowering her by saying those things about her Come on, man. Like, that just shows a lack of foresight, a lack of, of of judgment. That's like, dude, you're not ready for the position. You're in no way, no how. Like, just be the artist. But the mogul? Mm, you might want to leave that to the people who can afford the lawyers to cover their shit up like Diddy. I don't know. But you you don't want to be... You, you, you can't be that guy who's the face of the, of the brand and... And 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 uh, engaging with your employees that way, and then thinking, "Oops, is gonna is gonna do it." That that I I, I don't think is, is is the winning uh uh formula. But hey, that's just my opinion. As I said, you know, leadership skills are something that that have to be worked on, and Joe 
has worked on everything but those skills. So good luck to him. Moving on from that, there wasn't a whole lot of shit going on in the entertainment sphere. I did see this shit, and and I I I usually don't like talking about this stuff, but I think it's a bit of a cautionary tale. Because uh, did you hear about this thing, Casanova? He's been locked up because uh, for conspiracy, uh, in reference to some in reference to some dealings he had with some with some other street niggas. Uh, but if you know anything about Casanova, you know that he doesn't come from street niggas. He was he actually has a a very decent middle class family that's doing well for themselves. He chose to get into street shit, which in my opinion, at best you can be street adjacent. You have you really have to be born into that life. Or you can't you have to get into that life without the kind of support structure that's needed to survive. When you have that and you get into the street life, you're just adjacent. You're just adjacent. You got too much to lose to actually be in the street life. You have a lot to sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like when when you're in the set, the set comes above your family, comes above your kids. Like who's really going to do that? That's why most people who join the set don't have those things. They don't have family. They don't have kids. They don't have the kind of support structure that one needs to survive. And so they resort to the set. You know what I mean? And so when you have people like Casanova who who have all of the resources that they technically need to 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 be productive, but then they choose to be part of the street life, they have to understand that they are street adjacent at best. And so right now Casanova is in jail and he's crying about how everyone has left him. <laughs> and it's like, well, bro, you were not part of the street life. You were street adjacent. The people who go into jail that, you know, who are part of the street life have family in jail already. They're set because they have, they know people in jail. If you're going into jail and you're only friends with people in jail and you don't have real ties to people in jail, you're not going to have a good time. It's not going to be fun. Niggas is going to leave you to your devices. You know what I mean? And that's... And you got to understand that as somebody who has lived my whole life street adjacent at best, let me tell you, you got to know when you shouldn't be fucking around with certain shit. And you got to know which street niggas respect your status. Street niggas who invite street adjacent people to do street shit don't respect that person. The only time street niggas and street adjacent niggas really get mixed up in that life is when street adjacent niggas need backup and they call for street niggas and street niggas are trying to honor their respect. It's the only time street niggas ever get into any kind of fuckery with niggas who are street adjacent. Otherwise, street niggas stick to street niggas. As many street niggas as I know, they very rarely ask me to get involved in street shit. You want to know why? Because they know I have too much to lose. Even if my heart's in it, even if I'm going to grab the toolie and go with them, they know I have too much to lose. And real street niggas no better than to bring niggas with something to lose on a, on a on a mission. That's just not smart. That's not how you maximize the success of a mission. You know what I mean? And so Casanova's learning the lesson the hard way. He was that gorilla nigga. I'm beating niggas up. I'm stabbing niggas. I'm shanking niggas. That's all good and dandy. You could do all of that, but that doesn't make you, you know what I mean? Like being in the street life is another thing. You a rapper, bro. 
You a rapper with a good family. Cloud chaser. You ju- you, no matter how many niggas you stab in jail, you're not part of the street life. That's one thing that I had to come to grips with. No matter how much shit, no matter how many street niggas I know and how much shit I want to get affiliated with, I'm not part of the street life. I'm street adjacent at best. You know what I mean? And that's not a place to be scared of. You know what I mean? That has its own perks. You know what I mean? And so I just, I thought it was a cautionary tale. Like, damn, Casanova. The fact that you went on social media, like the fact that you that you went on social media to complain about this means that you wasn't cut from the cloth, my nigga. <laughs> like street niggas that get sold out, guess what they don't do? It's go tell everyone that I fucking, that all my niggas left me. Because now you've just shown your soft underbelly. You know what I mean? Like now you pickings, nigga. Ain't nobody going to respect you in the street no more. Oh, my niggas left me. All right, bro. I hope that, I hope at this point you've, 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 resigned yourself to no longer be part of that life hopefully i don't know man sounds like a cloud chaser man sounds like a cloud chaser hopefully but that don't mean hopefully I, he I can learn to grow out potential of, of humans to grow and you can start as a cloud chaser but you <laughs> yeah can that's what i'm saying man. hopefully he can grow out of it but yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping you know, man but i i feel for him because he's probably having a shitty time in there but you know if you get out with your life and 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 and, and your will and everything just Stick to the rap, bro. You got a, You got an image already. Stick to the rap. People like you. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't rely on these street niggas to 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 hold you down. That ain't a thing. It's a rare occurrence. But yeah, moving on from that, we had a bunch of shit going on in in the social political sphere. I saw this was a real interesting one. So the IGN um, staff wanted to put out a statement in solidarity with Palestine and corporate shut it down. And so the IGN staff is now, I don't know if they're actually going to try to any kind of like real worker action. Um, but yeah, they put out a public statement on their own um, saying, Hey, you know, we don't want to, we would prefer not to, 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 to do business as, as the creators well, we don't have the corporate control, but we want everyone to know that we have solidarity with the Palestinian people, which that's the best you can do, man. I appreciate shout out that. To IGN. I I oh, sh- shout out I, to their employees. Yeah, shout out to the staff of IGN. I appreciate that. I think that, you know, just as a public entity, you know, now it's up to the individuals to do what they can do. But as a public entity, I appreciate when at least they put out a statement like that. Because I don't expect the corporate to do that. You know what I mean? I don't expect any entity that cares about their financial bottom line to, to do that. But I expect individuals and excuse me and people to show solidarity. And so I, I just wanted to give them a shout out. I thought that was real powerful. Um, that whole conflict has been heating up. Uh, they made some strikes against several civilian uh, medical centers, uh, places where women and children were gathering. And... Uh, then Biden finally put out a, a statement. And so there's t- today they put out, uh, and I'm, I believe this was either Wednesday or Thursday, they put out a ceasefire. So as that's a good thing. That's a good Maybe thing. Always. If, if they're, if they're saying that they're no longer going to fire rockets into Gaza, that's a good thing. Hamas now needs to, to also reciprocate, halt its attacks. And 
I don't, but I just don't know where they go from here. Like, what are they, are, is there, is there a table to come to now? Because like, this was some pretty bad violence. Like, and it happens every six, seven years. It flares up and gets nasty. Because uh, Israel has this policy that they call mowing the lawn that, you know, I think it's some of the most inhumane reference to murdering people that you can imagine, but it is what it is. And so this is, you know, it's cyclical. This, this is going to keep happening. Where I hope that, that at this point, the international community has seen enough to kind of force Israel Israel's hand to come to the table because, I mean, I th- I don't know what, I think there's a significant, from what I understand, because I'm not there, I don't know a lot of Palestinian people, I just know what people who report on the situation say is coming from the ground. And it seems like there is a significant portion of the people in Gaza who are more interested in having political agency and the the stability of being included in society than it is maintaining the Gaza Strip as some kind of independent Arab holding. You know what I mean? And so there's got to be some kind of middle ground here to be had because, I mean, if you ever see the map, you, you look at Gaza Strip in relation to Israel and it's just, it's, it's just a little strip of land on the... the uh, on our, on the the I can't remember the name of the river that's there, but it's just a little piece of land embedded in all surrounded by by Israel, and it's like I hear you, you know, the Arab countries want to maintain that because it's a holy land, but at the same token, the people there I desire just to be have some kind of functioning governance, and if they can't have it as an Arab owned nation if they can get a humane is israeli government i don't know i feel like they would probably at least like to hear what that option sounds like because there's a lot of people there who really just want to like they just want to be able to live at this point they can talk about their religion and all that stuff that's ancillary to not having their house blown up like literally not having their, you know, not being forced to evacuate their home to never be allowed to come back to it again. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people where that's their pri- priority. And I do believe that we should validate their their desires as well. Because, the, you know, God forbid we find out that that's the majority of, of Palestinian people in Gaza. There has to be some kind of, there has to be something that represents that. You know what I mean? And you don't see that from the Hamas government. And so I don't know if Hamas is gen- is genuinely uh, kind of embraced by the whole region, but they can't vocally do it because if that ever were to happen, Israel would just wipe Gaza out as a, as a terrorist stronghold because they've created this situation where like, Israel would love the Palestinian people to to embrace Hamas because they've already had Hamas designated as terrorists. And so if the people of Pal- of the Palestinian people of Gaza embrace Hamas, Israel will just target all of them as terrorists and then just wipe out the whole area. So they've created a really shitty situation there for the people on the ground in Palestine. You know, regardless of to what whatever affiliation that they might have, whatever their political or religious leaning might have. And so that's really like 
the 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 tragedy that's going on that's part of the tragedy it's not the tragedy it's part of the tragedy that's going on is that i can't even imagine where the peace is going to come from because the people who are on the side of some kind of peaceful resolution aren't represented in the entities at the table it looks like so i don't know i'm hoping i'm hoping this ceasefire you know can result in, in in progress in in a resolution to to the precarious nature of the Palestinian people in Gaza but i don't know it doesn't seem hugely hopeful um just based on history but who knows moving on from that you know uh just doing some due diligence i did uh a little bit of research on what's going on in Colombia so the current unrest, which is, it, it, it doesn't show any signs of, of relenting anytime soon, is the byproduct of uh, some issues that had been arising prior to the pandemic. So evidently, they, the legislature was uh, presenting a bill to drastically cut taxes to the rich and increase taxes to the poor in such an egregious manner that people were starting to get very uneasy and start to hit the streets. Then the pandemic hit. People fell back. We're like, yo, okay. We don't want to, you know, exacerbate the pandemic issue. Pandemic started winding down. People started coming back to the street. Legislature realized like, okay, if they, if even through, you know, however many months of the pandemic, people are still maintaining opposition to this bill, we probably should just drop it. But now the people are so angry that even though the bill has been stricken from, uh, has been taken from the floor, the people want the, uh, to 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 force, I believe, a a a special election to vote out the people who even propose that, which is like, damn, that's the, I mean, that's really that's what you do move. though. It's like, yo, my that's nigga, if you even thought that was a good idea, you're you're clearly not. Mm-hmm. You're not doing a good job. We need to reelect some other people. So their response, of obviously, is to call the military to the street, you know, all of this shit. And now this movement, is, I, from what I understand, is led mainly by indigenous people because they were the ones who would probably were going to be the most negatively impacted because they live agrarian lifestyles. They farm and they 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 tend most of the of of the exports that would be getting taxed. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a real shit show. Um, and unfortunately it's one of those things that is probably not going to end well because there's no legitimate, uh, faction that wants to come to power to represent the indigenous people. So even if the indigenous people manage to, to change out the the government or elect uh, a new government, I don't know if there is an actual uh, governmental political force that represents their best interest. Much of Colombia's politics has been infested with American neoliberalism. You know, it, it, which which is to say, it's a very uh, commerce based. Let's exploit as much of our natural resources as possible to create trade to create economic value to 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 attract foreign investors you know what i mean it's a it's a very neoliberal policy centric government 
And that is not in the best interest of the people of, of Colombia. It just isn't. You know, it, it's not in the best interest of any Central and South American uh, country to continue down this form of neoliberalism that enriches America at their expense. Just really isn't. And so, yeah, you know, Colombia, Colombia is heating up. That's a hotbed. So, you know, we have so many places in the world right now that are just really, really, uh, ed, uh, the civil unrest is ripe for, for some really positive change or for the crackdown of authoritarian rule. And so, and, and that's not, and America is not excluded. We, this, this, this country, this, this 50 some odd conjoined countries is, it's a, it's, it's a hotbed, hotbed of unrest to say the least. COVID was a turning point. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because in a lot of the situations where things were getting their hottest, COVID cooled them down just in time because things were about to blow up, whether it was George Floyd, whether it was what was going on in Gaza, whether it was, um, uh, what's going on in Colombia well, you know, COVID hit right at the time to to stop a lot of those public uh those public uprisings just as they were about to start toppling some shit. Here, let's wrap up on um another international politic, then I'll bring it back home. Uh Germany and France moved to settle reparations with their former African colonies. Nice. This is it's gonna be move. very interesting because it's in- uh, I can't imagine why these countries would choose to do it now rather than when it was actually, when it was far cheaper for them. But it's good that they're doing it, but I have a burning suspicion. It's more to spite countries that still have reparations claims open. If France and Germany settled their reparation claims with African countries, that's going to, that's going to, put uh the uk and america in a very precarious position because if france and germany increase their commerce with african countries on the good faith of having settled their reparations debts boy it's going to be a whole nother story america's going to be in a real problematic trading solution because france and germany are the kind of developed nations that have all of the infrastructure needed to, to capitalize on the raw resources that can come from positive trade relations with African countries. And boy, would that be a, that would be a historical turn in relations between Europe and Africa, boy, from an exploitation model to a reconciliation model, man. And boy, it would, what it would do is it would also create competition for all of the Chinese investment. It would, oh man, if Germany and France do this, they're about to create a powerhouse trading block between Europe and, and Africa that, all right, America, we'll see how long a military can last you. We'll see how long the, 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 the endless funneling all of your resources into guns can get you because they're about to take over the world on a, on a completely productive level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the European Union, like, and that's exactly what the European Union needs to save itself because it's shedding its 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 Western members. You know, Scotland wants to leave Ireland. I don't know where they stand. England uh, or the UK recently voted on the referendum for Brexit. Uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of the smaller countries uh, that are benefiting from it, they're 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 worried. You know, because they're never going to leave the European the eurozone. But 
if their larger trading partners keep on leaving, that's going to be problematic. Um, but that whole situation over there in Europe is going to be real interesting because it's going to really show like when you have a, a border with a country, you don't need to have some massive trade agreement to have to facilitate fluid trade across international borders. You really don't. And the breakdown of certain parts of the Eurozone are going to uh, force certain countries just to 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 rattle, to rattle, uh to rectify the issues in their border policy that were created by being part of the eurozone which is a good thing you know and and i always say that that unfortunately they chose all of the wrong reasons to push brexit but the uk leaving the eurozone would probably could result in a lot of positive things because the uk did not benefit anything from the eurozone and moreover it can force the eurozone to have to uh better uh, legislate the policies that it has for international trade. But yeah, that I thought was interesting. But uh, moving on from that, we have uh, back in American uh, uh, situations, Andrew Brown over in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, his murder was recently deemed justified by the DA of North Carolina. They showed a video of him clearly driving to evade the officers. Like, it, it was clear he was not aiming. Like, when he was driving his vehicle, he was driving it away from the officers. And the DA deemed that his operation of the vehicle put the officers in reasonable enough harm to deem their lives in danger, even though he was not driving the vehicle at them. It, it, it was a load of bullshit. It was a big load of bullshit. And then, moreover, they refused to show the entire footage of what happened at the request of, of, of the family, which just moreover shows that there are definitely still bastions of, the, uh, of racism in this country where they will murder a black man. They will not, they will not give you any recompense. They, will not, they, they, they won't give you any justification for why they, 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 they felt that way. Because the video that was shown did not give proper justification for, for police to, to have acted the way they did. And so what they're saying is, is that there's something on the rest of the video. And moreover, even as public servants, we're going to deny you video uh, viewing of that, of that, that, that footage. It's just, it, it, it's once again a nail in the coffin of, uh, in my opinion, of the idea that this can be reformed. Like, you can't reform this. It's defund abolish. Rethink it from the ground up. And Americans are so fucking scared of just starting from the ground up once in a while. Like, it, you know, you don't have to, to, to destroy the whole society if you actually fix the institutions. If you fix and upstate, update the institutions, society over time will become a new thing. But if you just leave the institutions stagnant, society will change over time without them. And then they'll be outdated and they'll be un, un, untenable when they end up running up against the modernity of society, we no longer find it acceptable that police shoot black men for no reason. Society doesn't find it acceptable anymore. At least half of us do. Half of us are still stuck in the Stone Age, but, you know, it is what it is. Half of society, which is a lot more than we can say in the past, no longer finds that acceptable. So... You're going to have to deal with that. And, 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 and no longer is it just going to be acceptable for you guys to do that. And there's going to be, there's going to be feet on the street of fucking uh, uh, Elizabeth City, North Carolina, 
for many, 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 many more weeks. And I hope that the people stay vigilant because something needs to change there. That's absolutely unacceptable. And it's only through their solidarity and through their conjoined efforts will anything ever change. You know, some some things happened in Ferguson. You know, not everything, but things happened. You know, things are happening. You know, they might not be everything we want, but in the absence of revolutions, I'll take a couple of footsteps. You know, I'm not I'm not one to to spurn incremental change, even though I'm over here advocating for revolution. It's not either or. They're not mutually exclusive. And so, yes, I believe that everybody in Elizabeth City should definitely be taken up, taken up their their whatever they feel their responsibility is to contribute to that effort, because that was wild. That was wild that not only did they did they I, I understand that they they considered it justified. But then to deny the the footage to be released is like, then why do we have it? We don't have it just for you guys to see. The whole point was for accountability for us to see, you know? So I, I think at this point, it's like, all right, so now we're going to actually have, or not us, but in Elizabeth City, at least to, to try to s- s- rectify their issue, they're going to have to have a real civilian review board that the police are honestly beholden to. You know, because that's the only thing I've ever really seen have any kind of effect. Like when the city empowers the civilian review board to the point where the police actually have ramifications when the citizens review board comes up uh, and rules uh, against them. That's the only thing that that, that's ever I've ever seen uh, create a somewhat of a uh, of a dialogue between the community and the police. Otherwise, they just ignore you. They they ignore you with no remorse. You know, and I and, I, and that's, it's that kind of implacable spirit that makes that makes the whole institution just not tenable. You, you, it's not a defensible position to have to defend police anymore. They they refuse to even listen to the public, and then when they do, they put out these bullshit PR things where they're sitting there smiling with people, and we love the public, <laughs> and we feel sorry. Like, yo, shout out to LGBTQIA community for fucking banning them from uh, the NYPD from the New York Pride Parade. Shout out. You don't need their protection because that's not what it is. They are they are more likely to cause fear and unrest than 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 uh, air of protection. And so they're not welcome. And I think that that's amazing that they took the stand to make that public uh, make that public announcement that they will not be using NYPD for security. We all know that they'll be using off duty cops as private security. But that's hey, at least that they they spit in the face of the NYPD. That's what I really care about. And speaking of New York politics, oh boy, we got uh, <laughs> Giuliani's son is running for governor. I heard about that, bro. These guys and their political dynasties, man. You got the Cuomos, you got the Giuliani's, and man, and it's bad when um, what was the what was Trump's lawyer Cohen? What's his, Michael Cohen? Mm-hmm. Even Cohen was dunking on fucking uh, Giuliani's son. <laughs> That shit was sad, bro. I was like, man, what a fuck up, man. When even fucking Michael Cohen is like, man, he's dumber than it's Trump like, wait, kids. Aren't you in jail? Bro, bro. <laughs> First of all, he's got a podcast from jail. This nigga's living. Low. Yeah, dude, he's doing his, he's living his best life. That's pretty funny. But fucking, he said he, yo, he said Giuliani's son is even dumber than the Trump's kids. That's dumb. I mean, look. He saw what Giuliani did, and he still thought that he could use his name to run. So yes. I believe it. 
Yes, I, I believe it. I'm, I'm inclined to believe Michael on this one. He's not a very trustworthy guy. But you know, I'm inclined to trust his judgment on this particular issue. The clip I saw of him talking about fucking uh, Giuliani's son. I don't even remember his first name. That's uh, not worth remembering. Fucking... He looked like he was having such a good time. I was like, yo, <laughs> why does this guy look so happy? Like, but Percocet. you know what it is? You know what Molly it is? Percocet. It's, it, it's, well, yes, probably <laughs> prescription drugs. Um, but no matter what life condition you are in right now, having alleviated yourself of the weight of having to deal with Donald Trump would make anyone happy. Like, like, just not just, just knowing that he no longer is affiliated with Donald Trump and all the shit that that he did that was bad, he was able to just get it off his chest and move on. God, they, I mean, he could be he, they could be having him in, in a in a forced labor camp. He'd be happy as shit. He's like, my soul just feels light right now. Just feels good. Yeah, I hear that. That's the new grift, though. You know what I mean? Running, running for an election, and whether you win or lose, once you lose, you just you don't have you're not required to identify where the money goes so you know you just oh, i guess i didn't win guys oh well well yeah i mean just gonna wrap this up and go home they oh so you're saying that that's what giuliani's son is doing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sure, clever, it's not it's not clever about girl, winning the clever girl it's about collecting <laughs> all the money from the people who are dumb enough to give him donations Damn, did you hear fucking andrew yang's uh campaign took a dive after he fucking shat on the palestinian <laughs> people boy man he i think he was a front runner and now he's number three. Oh yeah i did i did a more of my uh due diligence and yeah there's a bunch of people in the democratic new york primary um there were i think there was seven or eight people um andrew yang dropped to third after he was the forerunner bro that just shows man stop sucking yeah he's Mm. <laughs> if you don't stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Just, man. I, I was about to say a bunch of rude shit, but I was like, you know what? Let me just not in the air of all this anti Semitic shit going out. Let me not even. Just there's no reason to kowtow to, to, to Jewish people. Like, they are people just like all of us. They deserve all of the same rights, respect as humans do, but they're not special. They're not chosen by anyone other than their parents. Like,. <laughs> they're people just like us they have they they contribute greatly to society positively and negatively and so for fucking andrew yang to go out of his way to kind of to to when no one asked him no one asked him for a statement on israel to go out of his way to 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 state his unwavering support for people who are openly killing women and children it's like all right bro you clearly you got other things on your mind Handle that. You know what I mean? If you care that much about Israel, might I help? Might I advise you go start an NGO and go help help out over there? Because clearly your mind is elsewhere. No other. I, the other uh, candidate that the one that just took the, the the front runner spot. Guess what he didn't do? He didn't commit fucking political seppuku. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. It makes no sense why why. Well, I, what I don't get is is like. There are moneyed interests involved in this. There are people who are getting paid to propagandize for Israel. I understand that. Bibi Netanyahu came here fucking and and talked to our Congress in ways that not even our president is allowed to address them. I get it. There's moneyed interests. But what about all those people who aren't getting paid, who are just flagellating themselves for Israel? I just don't get it. That's the part that blows my mind. 
It's like you, you you're not you're not part of this this the this group of people who who have a financial interest vested in this. Why are you 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 bending over backwards and killing your own prospects? Unless you wanted to tank his run. Once again, losing the race is the name of the game these days. Losing the race is the name of the game. He made out like a bandit after losing the presidential race, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Can I run it run it back one more time? Mm-hmm. Run again, because boy, especially because you get to keep all that information, so it's yep. easier the second time. You get to keep your engine that you build. Yep, that was that was Bernie said. And man, we could have had Bernie. We could have had Bernie, bro. And I'm not saying Bernie's perfect. I'm not saying he's the greatest ever. I'm just saying he's so much better than the rest of these fuckers, man. Because Bernie already showed that he stood tall on this. He never shared uh, his 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 information until it was politically necessary for him to do so for for the party that he chose to run on. That we all agreed he chose to run on. He never uh uh really I I did, I did not see him on the fundraiser trail. He did not sell out. And he has stood strong on the Palestinian um, um, issue. Like, I don't know, man. We could have had Bernie, though. That would, you know, he's the the, the perfectly imperfect leader that America needed. You know what I mean? Like, America will never get a perfect leader. They don't deserve a perfect leader. But Bernie was as close as they were going to get to a good leader that they deserved. You know what I mean? And boy, did they run from that shit. But, you know, having a kid is, you, you realize, like, this nation is a nation of children. It's like they spurn, they run from 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 any kind of correction. It's like, it's for your best interest, though. Like, only if you understood how much I am trying to benefit you right now. <laughs> no, it's because uh, pain is, uh, pain, growth is painful, you know what I mean? Because you're both the sculptor and the clay. Yeah. Some Ooh. people can't, some people can't deal with that. Ooh. Over here with bars. When you put out your album, though. <laughs> but yeah, man. All right. And you know what? We'll wrap up on this topic. Uh, so right now, America has a quote-unquote labor shortage. What I've come to understand is that Americans don't understand what the word shortage means. A shortage means that there, that the input material doesn't exist. You have no access to it. There is no, There was no gas shortage. There is no labor shortage in America. There is a, a, a group of people who used to be a precarious enough workforce that they had to take jobs that did not pay them well, that are no longer willing to, to, to partake in that kind of wage slavery. And so you have the, the mainstream media now talking about the labor shortage in America, which is non-existent as i just said it's 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 people being empowered not to work shitty jobs which i think a lot of them aren't even being empowered to not work the shitty jobs they're just they're they're fed up they're on their last straw they realize that through a whole fucking pandemic where they couldn't work the government wouldn't even give them the little bit of tax money back that they had paid into the to the government that why the fuck am i going to now go to work into a system that's going to provide me slave wages when I'm already in the hole, like it's just not, you know, and so people are choosing not to and they're showing solidarity and they're they're doing mutual aid and, and collective worker collectives. And so it's creating a quote unquote labor shortage for the vast majority of shittily designed companies that 
pretty much made a business model off of not paying the people working the hardest. And so in response to that, you have a cadre of, of legislators who are trying to tie this into the immigration issue. And now what we do not need to do to solve this issue of, of companies or businesses offering slave wages, you know, to their employees, we don't need to solve that problem by inviting an entire population of immigrants to come here to replace the old precarious workforce who has decided that they no longer value those slave wages that highly. That's not the answer to that. Because all you're doing is setting yourself up for this to happen again. Because we know there's going to be another pandemic. We, we understand this is the business model now. This is the vaccine business model. You know what I mean? It is what it is. COVID-19, barring any conspiracy theories, there is now a business model behind the vaccine. That is why the IP is so important. That's why the, com- the countries that developed vaccines were unwilling to release the IP because they are trying to make a business model around the vaccine. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying that's how businesses run. Like you own your IP because you were attempting to create a business model to monetize it. If that's not what you're doing, then your IP is worthless and there's no point in owning it. And so we know that they have a business model made around this vaccine. It's going and 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 business models are meant to be cyclical. And so we know this is going to happen again. We know that they're going to have another push. And so it, it is what it is. You know, there's there's no reason to 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 act like this is not something that will ever engage with again. And if that's the case, then inviting and you know and and making an open passage for immigrants to come into that workforce and replace those low wage workers, I don't think is the best way of dealing with that. The right in in, in, in economic fashion way of dealing with that would be to deal with the wage issue and then invite the immigrants into a situation in which they are empowered to actually participate in that worker solidarity. Otherwise, all we're going to do is create, is increase the unemployed pool once this round of low-wage workers has to fall out of that workforce because of whatever issue forces them out. Capitalism has no shortage of crises that it generates, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a a, a, um, a input shortage because due to climate change, you know, because, you know, if these are things like restaurant jobs, sometimes food shortages happen. Your input is no longer there. You're going to have to lay off a bunch of people to 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 balance your business model. And now you've just increased the labor pool and I mean, the unemployed uh, uh, pool of people, and we've done nothing to actually progress the economy in an effective and productive way. So we got to think more deeply about this than just thinking that we're going to invite a bunch of people here to to work the jobs that the people here have already deemed are unworthy of work. You know, we can't keep disciplining the labor pool because that's just a euphemism 
for disciplining every human being in this country who is not of the upper 10%. You know what I mean? Like we talk about the labor pool and things of this in, in an esoteric nature, but we're talking about everyone. <laughs> we're talking about all the people, you know, of, of, of working age and a lot of people of non-working age because the black market for, for underage labor, guess what, you know, they have to complete, compete with the market of wage labor. Cause you, you know, it's one of those things is we really, we really have to, 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 to participate in, in healthy economic practices as a country. We really do. Like we can't keep on thinking that, that we're going to keep listening to these jackhats talking about infinite growth and financialization and, 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 you know, cryptocurrencies and NFTs because those things aren't actually real. Like the money behind them is real. People's faith in them is real. But those things aren't actually real. And there's going to come a time when people are going to actually want something tangible. And then those kind of uh, uh, financialization models are going to dry up. That's, what, that's what's happening with a lot of these, these video game companies. We're seeing a microcosm of that. You know, they, their business models are not sustainable. And on top of that, they're predatory. And so they're, you know, the industry has to adapt. They have to start partake, partaking in healthy business uh, ventures rather than the continued financialization of loot boxes and gotcha systems. You know, and, and everywhere in the economy you see that happening, it, it calls for the same thing: a reinvestment back into whatever the sh the the core product needs to be. And so, in terms of the issue with 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 labor that America has, it's not a labor shortage. It's a wage shortage. Give the people more wages, spread more wages to the people, there will you will find magically that there's people capable and willing to work, I promise you. <laughs> All of a sudden. All of a sudden. But yeah. Alrighty guys, we'll wrap up on that. Thank you for joining us. I hope you all appreciated it. You can find us on the social medias on uh, Twitter at Korean underscore T and at Home Heron. You can find me on Instagram and at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And I just dropped a new audiobook this week, so you can oh. catch me on audible.com. Yeah. Look up uh, Rico Gale or The Ark Project by author J.W. Elliott, and my new audiobook is out, so definitely give us a listen and let me know what you guys think and yeah, yeah, we guys appreciate all the support one. yeah guys thank you thank you for listening have a great one guys and always remember time is only wasted if you choose to waste it so learn from your mistakes it's the only thing you ever really will learn from have a great one guys peace take it easy